Did the pandemic change how associations tender for their conferences? How do you tender for a hybrid meeting? My name is James Lancaster and joining me on Deep Dive today is Nienke van der Malen, CEO of destination matching platform Conferly. Nienke, hello, how are you? Hello, James. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm, yeah, I'm doing fine. Good, good. You've carried out your own deep dive into the tender process of association conferences, which sounds like quite a sort of esoteric subject. <laughs> what, what prompted you to do this? Yeah, actually, because there wasn't done any research in the last, like, long time. I mean, there's only, if you look into it, there's not that much to find about the association tender conferences uh, process. But it's interesting because it's like you see loads of tender processing changing. Uh, loads of associations are willing to change, but there's actually no current research done. So we thought as Conferly, okay, let's do that and let's do a research. And also we wanted to measure the impact of covid into the tender process. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of um, associations I speak to think the whole bidding process is over complex, time consuming and a bit, bit outdated. Is that something you're picking up on? Yeah, it, it's really funny because we conducted the research in two stages. So one is like we did a classical survey, which we send over to a database of associations. And we did an open discussion forum with 10 associations like via, uh, via Zoom. Mm -hmm. And we had two round tables with associations, I will say around 30 associations participated to discuss yeah. it. And if you look at the, like the written results, like 70% of the associations found their tender process efficient. Right. Whereas if we look into like the real life discussion, we really had like words as headache, complex, uh, time consuming. Oh. So there's a huge difference. Like if you really start to talk to associations. Yeah. And they really. That's interesting, isn't there? So people think of their process as basically efficient, it gets the job done. So they tick a box which says yeah. efficient. And as soon as you actually start talking to them, there's all this angst about how totally glorious it is. Yeah. And also, if you, if you start to let them talk to each other, mm. you really see that, oh, hey, but they are doing it like this way. Oh, I thought it was efficient, but it can be way more efficient. Because there is no standard way of doing it, is there? I mean, we tend to look at it often from the destination point of view. So they talk about bidding, which is so the association perspective is tendering. But how associations choose their destination, it's not straightforward, is it? It's not, it's no. not one size rule fits all. No. And that was actually our like biggest surprising outcome. In most of the cases, there is no tender process in place. Oh, really? Meaning that, that they are like, okay, they, and, and it's a process they do every year. Mm. But like we had like one of our first round tables, there were around 20 associations in the room. And there was only one association having a tender process in place. Fascinating. Yeah, it really is. Because we get hung up on this whole thing in the industry that what we call the meetings industry, we get hung up on the idea of bidding for events and destinations, going out there and trying to secure these big conferences. But in most cases, associations choose another way. Uh, they, they, of course, they have their way of working. So it's mm. not because they don't have it on paper that they don't have a process. They have it in their mind or they do it like okay. they always did it. Or a board member comes forward with a couple of destinations mm. or it's still the local host that stands for bidding. Um, but like in many, in many cases, it used to be the president, didn't it? So the, when the president gets his opportunity, he chooses his home or her. <laughs> yeah, that's hometown. A, I, that was, I think, 
for us, that was like the biggest, um, the biggest outcome. Is I mean, I'm from the convention bureau side. Before I started the company, I worked for the convention bureau of The Hague. And mm. like in that, in that time, it was always like, okay, you, tend, like, you uh, stand for bidding with a local host. Yeah. But during the research, we found out that um, only 30% of the associations still requires a local host. Always right. like so, it really switched a long, like a lot. Mm. Does that mean that the associations are organizing events more centrally from HQ, wherever that may be? Yeah, yeah. There was like there was like we call it from reactive to proactive. Okay. So um, and why did they do that? Why did they change? I mean, reactive. We say they say okay. In twenty twenty six, you can stand for bidding, and then local hosts are applying. Mm-hmm. But you see that now switching into proactive, where they say, okay, we want to carry out our tender process, and we're looking into this, this, and this, and this. And then destinations can stand for bidding, or uh, the association proactively approaches the associations. Or the associations, uh, the destinations. Sorry. Right, right. <laughs> So they have a clearer idea to start with, maybe, yeah. of the kind of place they want to go. I wonder if that's something to do with um, their mission, their vision, what they want to achieve at the, at the conference? Yeah. I mean, in the last couple of years, of course, we saw a huge switch also from destination branding into ecosystem or knowledge hub branding. Yeah. And now I think that is slowly getting into the minds of associations that they really start thinking like, okay, but if I need to uh, host a conference about education and Mm. I find a destination that has a whole ecosystem in education, I have way more opportunities to maybe get funding, find sponsors, find better delegates. So I think this approach that started a long time ago now starts to get into the mind of the associations. Right. And yeah, and that will, I mean, I think that will help both sides uh, and the destinations and the associations. Yeah. Again, when we talk about the meetings industry, a lot of what we're thinking about is the supplier side, isn't it? So the suppliers, the destinations start talking about intellectual capitals, knowledge hubs, but we don't really think of it from the association side. But it's interesting if you think that that whole process is now sort of seeping into the mindset of associations. So they're thinking, where should we meet? Um, Yeah. That that should create should create better meetings, shouldn't it? It sh- it should it should. I mean, the the quality of the meetings uh, will go up. That's for sure. Mm. And and also, if you look into, we ask like the question, okay, what are like are the main criteria you look at if you're looking for a destination? Number one is still the distance to an international airport, and after that, it's the cost for the organizing party and the cost for the delegates. Mm-hmm. But fourth in row is the ecosystem. Like, does the ecosystem match my uh, conference topic? So and when we talk about ecosystems, we're talking about university, knowledge hubs, knowledge hubs industrial yeah. clusters, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And what about the shift to different meeting formats? Obviously, during the pandemic, associations, a lot of them went online, experimented with hybrid formats. If you're an association, do you tender separately for a hybrid event or...? Are people putting in joint tenders? What's going on there? Yeah, yeah, we didn't have a huge focus on the hybrid part, but we asked the question how they see it. Mm. And they really see it as two separate things. 
and they don't like it. <laughs> so right. that's, that's the main outcome. So, yeah. yeah, so really they see it as two ways of tendering, two different tenders. They don't integrate it into one. Um, right. We had one or two that really clearly had it integrated in their, um, in their uh, current tender process as being part of the, um, of the tendering. Mm. But they all said it is super complex because then you are asking a local host or a destination to answer the questions about all the hybrid things they need. So they specialists or AV and stuff. Yeah, yeah, all these kind of things. So they really see it. Okay, we pick the the destination and the venue first, mm. and then we go for the hybrid uh, options. Okay, maybe through a PCO, they get a PCO involved in that, perhaps a or... PCO or like nowadays, loads of venues also made the switch into offering hybrid services. So then they take the support from the venue. So it depends a little bit on how big the meeting is and how international it is. But mm. yeah, in general, they need support for that. And the main thing that came back is that they really find it super time consuming because now they see it as two separate things. That's, of course, is time consuming. That, that's a kind of rumbling on conversation about the definition of hybrid, isn't it? I think yeah. Um, if you just define hybrid as streaming a few sessions, recording stuff for later, then it doesn't necessarily have to be too time consuming or complex, does it? But if you just if you think of it literally as two separate events simultaneously, then yeah, that is pretty complex. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested, how involved are suppliers in the tender process? I know convention bureaus, as we've spoken, get involved in local bids. Is anybody else getting involved? What about PCOs, venue finders? industry associations did they get involved at any stage yeah we i mean we asked the question uh do you currently use any of these services and then actually you see yeah local convention bureaus uh, are ranking the highest at nearly 40 percent is using a local convention bureau and like pco is hardly ever used venue finder is being used and like industry partners like ICA, esae uia mm. all these partners that are being used, but, but hardly, eh? like it's not over 20%. But then if you ask the question, like, are you open to use any of these services? And then you see that uh, for uh, especially venue finder and destination matching platforms are mm. scoring super high. So our assumption there is that it's unknown. Like they don't right. know that they can use a PCO for the tendering process. They don't know that they can use like a venue find or a destination matching platform. Mm. There is a knowledge gap here between associations and the meetings industry. Yeah. I yeah. remember reading some research a couple of years ago. It showed that um, it showed that only 30 to 34% of associations sort of even know what a convention bureau is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's recently re, uh, re-examined by UIA. Ah, oh, right, okay. And it was, it was pretty low. And then yeah. you think, okay, they're there for the associations. So, mm. yeah, we still have a long uh, job to do, huh? Yeah, that kind, of, that kind of communication between the two is, is, is uh, yeah, lacking sometimes, I think. Yeah. It's, in- it's interesting because I remember um, sitting in a, an ECA session, an ECA association session, and there were a load of uh, associations in the room, a load of convention bureau, and we had a conversation about the whole bidding, tendering process. And it definitely got a little bit kind of, angsty you know both <laughs> both sides were sort of accusing the other of wasting yeah. time you know why are you bidding for events that you can't possibly hope to 
host because your venues aren't big enough. And then some destinations saying, we put a lot of money into this, a lot of time into this, and you didn't even give us a the courtesy of a response, this kind of thing. So it's, it's obvious that, that there needs to be a, a bit more communication between the two. Is there some best practice tips either side can adopt to make the whole thing run more smoothly, do you think? I think it all starts with being clear of what you want. And uh, that's often not really, um, yeah, because loads of associations do not have a format, like do not have a standard process. There's a lot of room for interpretation. Mm. And meaning that, okay, you get some guidelines and you send in your bits, but then there's another destination that also sends in the bits and they interrupted the whole guidelines differently. And then the board thinks, hey, but actually what they offer is quite nice. Okay, we give them a higher ranking or a higher points. Mm. And uh, I think there it goes wrong because then the destination thinks, hey, but I filled out all the guidelines. I, I just gave, my, um, gave all my input. But then the board decides differently because they saw a different offer. Mm. And like, I think the best discussion we had and what really triggered us was from a couple of associations that switched from reactive to proactive. Mm -hmm. And what they say that were the best two outcomes was transparency and good governance. And with good governance, and they really triggered me there, was what mm. they said is nowadays a bidding process is still very political. It's what you said in the beginning, like the president lives somewhere or loves to go to a certain destination. <laughs> and because he's the president, they go there. Mm. But nowadays, with the whole world being so open and so transparent, it's like quite dangerous to say, okay, because we like it there, we go there. Because maybe they didn't have the best proposal. Maybe mm. they didn't fit your company goals the best. So mm. they, they really said, like, we changed it completely. And what they did is that they had a whole ranking system in place. So they just said, like, be before you started tender, you knew, like, okay, if I match the ecosystem, I score 10 points. If okay. my venue has all the rooms with daylight, you score this. So they really had clearly find out, like, what is really important for us? And mm. where can you like really score on? And then the destination knew beforehand the ranking table. And also afterwards, that's the transparency part. Mm. Um, they know, okay, I didn't got it because of this. And where you now see it going wrong often is, yeah, we, we put it in the research on the good governance. You still have loads of associations that where the president makes the decision or like for the destinations, that's even worse. All mm. the members are voting. And right. then it's up to a lot of people that don't necessarily look at the company goals. They look at, oh, I want to go there. Or, hey, that's easy to travel to. Or, mm. um, and then decisions are based on a feeling and not on facts. Yeah. And I think there it goes, yeah, wrong is maybe a big word, but there it goes, uh, there it gets difficult because you can't really discuss on on these kind of points. Huh? No, a lot of associations still put it out to the members. And I've often thought that's that could be problematic if you have an obviously sort of glamorous 
destination. It is. I mean, against a kind of industrial city somewhere, you know, you can imagine there's going to be a huge sway towards somewhere um, a bit glitzy. Yeah. I mean, now nowadays there's of course a lot of discussion about leaving a legacy, and if you leave the decision of your conference destination to all your members, I mean, how can they judge if you mm. will leave the best legacy in that city? That's sort of a granular conversation, isn't it? That's detail, that's board level kind of discussion, really, isn't it? With, with the destinations. Um, it really is. Yeah. Did subvention come up at all in your conversations? Yeah. Uh, we had, like, during COVID, we conducted a huge research on subvention. Um, so now we only kept it, kept it to the question, what kind of support do you request from a destination? Okay. Uh, and subvention was one of the main outcomes. That's interesting because a lot of destinations say, you know, we go through this whole bidding process and then at the last minute somebody comes in and offers a big subvention and blows us out of the water. And that, yes. That's, that's yeah, not but fair. That are, that are, of course, the things that are difficult to... Judge, but if you have if you have a fixed format and it's clear that you request subvention, also it's really funny. It's also the feeling about subvention. Loads of destinations do think, okay, I need to push ca put cash on the table, but mm. in loads of the cases, it's not the case. They are just asking for welcomes reception, a right. mayor that is opening the conference, a branding through the city. So it's not just cash. It's no. Like, you can also figure it out with welcomes reception or a part of the venue being sponsored, these kind of things. But if they really ask for cash investments, then they are clear about it during their tender process. Mm. So it sounds as though it's all about transparency, basically. It really is. Yeah, and about, I really think about good governance. Nowadays, mm. it's, it's not... Yeah, it's not clear who's making the decision and why is that person making the decision. And as long as you don't have that figure out, it's, of course, it still keeps in going. Okay, I stand for bidding, but I don't know if I might get it. Because, I mean, I remember my times in The Hague. We once lost a bid to another city because the president proposed his wife in that city. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you can never win it. Right? You can, it's difficult to uh, yeah. over-exaggerate that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not fair. Um, listen, so if people want to... Um look a bit more in depth at this research where can they find it on our website and which then is www.conferly.com and then okay. they go to news and then they see marked study well i'm sure it'll be very very interesting it's uh, been great talking to you Nienke. it's uh, i find this a kind of you could say it's a bit of an anorakish subject but i really like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's really i mean i think we start also within the like in the writing we start mm -hmm. like okay with some it's a passion and for yes. some, it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and that really is. It really depends on who you talk to. Like, some it, really love it. It's, it's interesting to get into the weeds around tendering and bidding. I, I think it's a really fascinating part of the whole association uh, landscape. The, yeah. The whole bidding I, process. I mean, we really hope that we can get a movement teaching, like, both sides. Okay, hey, if you look more into a partnership... I really believe that if we look into like working more together and getting more out of it, long like long term goals will be way mm. better matched. And that's also the whole idea of Conferly. Eh? Like, okay, we build a platform, match associations to the best fitting uh, destination. Um, and that all starts with, okay, knowing what you're looking for and then going there.
Sounds like a good place to start. Listen, thanks yeah. very much for your time today, Ninka. And thanks I know for you're going on holiday. Doing. You're going to Italy, so enjoy that. Thanks, and, I will. <laughs> and we'll speak again soon. Thank you so much.